we, we have a, 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 a wide dichotomy of people that come through all ages, um, all backgrounds. Um, you know, just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to see this melting pot of people that come through a lot of the adults come in and they're looking for something that either reminds them of their childhood or something they wanted to do as a child. Um, you know, it, it, you, if you never grow up, you, you'll stay young forever. Right. Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All right. Welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. And today on the show, we're very excited to welcome business owner Brian Powers. How you doing, Brian? Doing well. How are Can you, you tell us a little bit about your business? I run a retail hobby store, more of a, a there, there are a lot of game stores and some RC stores in the area. We kind of do everything. So we have games, we have remote controlled vehicles. We do a lot with uh, drones and, you know, that seems to be the, the most popular thing these days is yeah. drones. Josh was telling me you're a DJI rep. And well, no, we, we carry DJs. We're not an official DJI, but, rep, but we do stock DJI product. If you're not familiar with DJI, they're a company that makes the drones that you see all the footage floating around from online. You can get really quality film footage from these drones. They're not cheap, but they're good. And uh, last place I worked, we had one. I never flew it because I didn't want to crash it. But these things are getting so much smarter. Like the one we had, like it had a one button to press it and it would take off and it would like morph into its flying shape. So the camera would drop down and they'll return to, yeah, Yeah. the Inspire. It'll return to where you left off if the battery is going to die, all kinds of little stuff. But I thought, you know, I could crash that. (laughs) You have to work at it. But yeah, you can crash anything. Um, Yeah. But you do have to really try. We bought, I got one funny uh, drone or helicopter story. We bought, we went to a thing out in uh, Vegas and there was a guy like the last day selling these helicopters, RC helicopters for $300. And we're like, let's just pool our money and get one of these things. And we tried our best to learn how to fly that thing. And we would fly it for like six seconds and crash it into something. (laughs) Or we (laughs) almost (laughs) took Bill's thumb off with it. A guy worked with it. We crashed it into the side of the building. We were flying down the hallways and it was it was very tough to get a hang of how to fly the thing. The and like we were, we got maybe like good enough to fly it for like 13 seconds, but it was one of those fully manual control, not a lot of gyroscopes and all the cool new stuff that they got into the, into the new ones. And uh, I believe when we crashed it every time we would break it. And then we went to your shop to get repair stuff. Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I yeah. bought, I think four drones from Brian and loved every one. I really love the customer service experience there as well. Yeah. And it's well, like boutique ish. And my first drone, my drone story is I said, Hey buddy of mine with the daughter, let me fly my little tiny little uh, drone in your house to show you how good of a pilot I am. And where did it go? Right into my buddy's daughter's <laughs> hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those little Christmas present drones, you know, that yeah. 90% of them end up in some little girl's Christmas morning hairdo. As soon as the air conditioner comes on, it's like totally taking its own course, right? Yeah, man. But yeah, yeah your, your shop is, is really special. It's really, I was telling Joe this morning how I discovered it on my bicycle and how I went in there over time and brought people there and how you were always, I was always excited to see you there and your, your team. So yeah. just yeah. real passion place. Which I think is really cool that you guys have been in business for 10 years here in Cary. And um, in a in an environment where I looked up some of the numbers, I was just doing some research. Like the hobby industry is huge in growing. Like uh, I thought it oh, might yeah. be shrinking in, a, in because of I don't know technology and people playing games on their phone. But I was wrong. But if you look at the stats, and who knows which ones to believe? There's all kinds of them about small business failure rates. But it's thirty percent of businesses fail in the first two years, fifty percent of small businesses fail in the first five years, and sixty percent during the first ten years. And you've already made it ten years in carry. Really, like, what have you found to be the keys to success for running a brick and mortar business in an Amazon age, selling (laughs) stuff that's like classic Americana, like you should put together hobbies and do stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Everyone that comes through the door, you treat them like family. They're, they're, you know, everybody comes in, even if they're just looking around, if they have something that, uh, 
even if they bring in something that we don't sell, we're going to try and fix it and make that person happy because they'll come back later. Yeah. So, you know, we, we give them an, an, an very honest opinion of what they've got and what can be done, what to expect from it. Um, um, and just, you know, making sure that when somebody leaves, they're, they're happy with, with uh, their visit. Yeah. They'll come back and they'll tell other people. So we get a lot of word of mouth folks that come in from that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been in Cary then your whole life? Yes. Yeah. You're I've, one of the few. One of the few. Yes. <laughs> you I, remember Kildare Farm, right? Not I just do. Kildare I Farm, remember right? the farm, um, the shopping center that we're in now. I remember when that was just a field. You were um, just a... Boy, cow tipping when yeah. that place was a field. Right? I used to ride stables. The the horse stables I rode in was behind where the Walgreens is across the street from us. So, wow. Do you still ride a horse to work? No, no. I haven't ridden a horse in a long time. You want one? Uh, no. no. Are you I'm selling horses? I know where to get one. Some free horses to a good home. Yeah. You know a mule is the only thing you can kill all of them and they're still not extinct? Really? Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah it takes that a horse sense. and a pony to make a mule. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. <laughs> so what got you into, so 10 years ago, you decided to open up Hangar 18. What, what was going on in your life at the time? What was the catalyst? Do you know what? I'm going to open up a hobby shop. Well, I was working for a civil engineering company for um, about 10 years before that. And um, the, uh, the recession hit um, all the, all the, the uh, housing market crisis, all that stuff, commercial and housing both. And it was, uh, it was a mess. There was no work to be had. And I was in the mood to do something different anyway. Yeah. Um, All the local hobby stores that we had pretty much failed during that recession. Mm. So there wasn't anything. So we were the first to open a new hobby store and the area needs that. Um, particularly when people are, you know, we, we found out when people are out of work, they have more time to do their hobbies. They tend to concentrate more on their hobbies yeah. because it gets your mind off the fact that you're out of work. So yeah. uh, a lot of folks came in to build models and do rockets and, um, and that, that sort of helped as, as well. But yeah. Have you ever thought about adding cigarettes and liquor to your inventory? <laughs> just to totally recession proof yourself? <laughs> <laughs> one stop shop everyone yeah, it's got a humidor yeah. in the back you just <laughs> different kind of hobby for <laughs> not not yeah. the hobby for quite for what we're trying to do yeah no, i get it I get so did it. you uh did you put together a lot of models i mean you're an engineer and background as a kid was that a big hobby of yours oh yeah 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 and um ever, ever since i was a child i was building models mm-hmm. uh started building models with my dad and then moved on to doing my own and uh uh, that's always been a part of it. And then uh, we do everything that we sell. Um, we fly the planes, fly the helicopters and drones. We drive the cars. I've driven every car in that store. Yeah. So when people come in, we can tell them, hey, this is what to expect from experience. Right. Not from reading about it. And then anybody can read about it, but somebody wants to have, you know, somebody comes in and has real questions and we can help them with that. Yeah. Um, we've played all the games in there, um, uh, built the models, things like that. So, yeah. So you mentioned early, uh, you mentioned that you were doing models with your dad. When did, when did it go from doing models with your dad to doing models on your own? I don't know. I was probably six or seven. The first time I built my first model yeah. and I, I remember it. Um, I used too much glue and it melted the plastic. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it clearly the, the whole front end of, I had, I was building a B 17 bomber and the whole nose of it collapsed. Cause I put too much glue on it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was bad. I noticed on your website and on your Facebook account. Um, and I think I get a sense of this just from talking to you for the last couple of minutes that you guys are community minded. Yes. Um, so you mentioned you treat everybody that comes in like family. And I noticed that there's a lot of things that you do, like classes or things that might remind you like a STEM program or selling at discounted rates to schools or et cetera. People want to do stuff. What are what are some of the funnest classes for you to host in your shop? We do um, usually uh, a lot of times this is just on a one on one basis, but we'll do painting classes where we teach people how to uh, paint the models, paint the figures that they get uh, or just get better at it. Some people have a, a, a rudimentary uh, skill that they want to um, get better with it and yeah. we can help them with that. But uh, we also do um, uh, we, we have a we sponsor a drone racer. And, um, uh, for, um, uh, race team 
Yeah. And um, all right, I think you got to explain this a little bit because yeah. I don't think a lot of people know what drone racing is, but okay. it's crazy cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, one of our pilots, the first pilot that we had, he came in looking for a DJI, thinking that he wanted to have a film platform, and uh, but he really wasn't sure. He really wasn't sold on the idea, and. The film platforms are fun if that's what you want to do, but they're, they do pretty much, as you said, they pretty much fly themselves now. Yeah. And, and, uh, if you're not going to be filming a lot, like Josh films a whole lot, a whole lot. So that's, that's good for him. Um, but if you wanted something more, uh, exciting, the drone racing is the way to go. Uh, you wear goggles or you have a screen that you see through the camera what the drone sees, but the drone is smaller, much more maneuverable, much more agile, uh, um, at much higher speeds. Yeah, it's like a real world racing game. Like you would play an Xbox or any kind of gaming system. And so people wear like... Like they put their phone like in the thing so that they see the screen right in front of them, that kind of stuff. Uh, well, actually, so we don't use a phone because there's a too much latency in the signal. You gotcha. would want to have an actual goggle set, which runs on a, a, a 5.8 gigahertz video signal or a 2.4 video signal, depending on what you're doing. Um, there's very little latency in that signal. So yeah. uh, that means when you see something and you fly around it, that's as close to real time as possible. With the phone, you're looking at a, a split second in the past. So by the time you see that tree, you might've already run into it. Mm. So tell me a little bit or tell the listeners a little bit what like the courses look like. They set up like rings and stuff for the drones to fly through. That oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, we, we have gates, we have gate systems. We set up the gates are, uh, uh, sometimes, uh, pretty complex. They'll be stacked on each other. We call that a gravity gate where you have to go up and drop through it and come out or fly underneath it and come out the top. And, yeah. uh, um, and then you, you have your typical ring type gates, flags to fly around and you have to, you're, you're racing the course. You're not racing other people necessarily. You're trying to get the best time on the course. Yeah. So, um, and then whoever ends up with the best time advances to the next round or, or wins the race. And, uh, they take that all the way to, uh, to the nationals where, where they compete for some, some pretty large, uh, money prizes. Yeah. And you guys said you're a sponsor of a, of a pilot. What does that look like? Um, so yeah, he's, uh, when, when he comes in, you know, we, we make sure that his, uh, his, uh, aircraft are tuned up and, um, uh, running properly. Uh, we supply him with props and batteries and cameras. The cameras break a lot. So, Actually, uh, everything on it breaks a lot. If you hit something, <laughs> they're uh, they're doing about a hundred miles an hour. So um, when you when you hit something, things tend to fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of stuff survives a hundred mile an hour impact. Yeah, very efficiently. Yeah, especially since I assume you want to build them light and. So they're probably not made out of stainless steel. No, no, there's, uh, <laughs> the, the frames are entirely carbon fiber, pretty much uh, aluminum standoffs and carbon fiber frames. They're very lightweight, yeah, and, and they they're uh, make a pretty pretty distinct sound when they're flying too. You like, guys also do uh, tabletop games there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, the The whole purpose of the store is to get people maybe uh, off of the. Uh, console games and the computer games and, and interacting with people, you know, either outside with the RC, with the remote control stuff, you you're outside with other people. That's RC things are great to do by yourself, but there, it is a social hobby. It's more fun to do with other people. Um, the tabletop games, we, uh, you're, you're, you're playing a game across from somebody, um, or multiple people. Some of the games are, yeah. you know, support a lot of folks. And then we also have model clubs that meet, uh, for people that want to build plastic models, we have a, uh, uh, the first, the first club that we had was model works. It's, um, uh, the club was a reaction to, uh, the IPMS group, which IPMS is a group, national group that does, uh, they concentrate mostly on military and cars and mm -hmm. models like that. But there's a lot of other models It's sci-fi figure models, things yeah. like that. And that's where model work stepped in. They, they have a club that addresses the other side of the models. And then, uh, we have another group that was born out of that, that, uh, is completely, um, uh, Gundams. And if you don't know what Gundams are, they're Japanese, 
piloted robot models. They um, like, uh, like supermodels, like no, no, like model model kits. Like oh. uh, think of a giant robot. It, well, did you if you ever saw Pacific Rim or you're familiar with Pacific Rim, a Gundam is very much like one of those. Those are are kind of the the whole idea of Pacific Rim kind of came from from Japanese culture. And which is where the Gundams are born. Uh, that group is huge. They are, um, they've, they meet every week and they sit down at the tables. Very interactive group, fun, fun group to be around. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm such in a community theme, like it's better together. So you guys have kind of done what my wife was talking to me recently about how, uh, we were just on the topic of, I think it was because we were walking through a mall and a lot of the stuff was shutting down. And it's like the only people that are surviving nowadays are figuring out how to focus on the experiential side of it. And that's what her point was like, because oftentimes we'll go into a store that's just like a regular store, buy stuff off the shelf and it's not meant to be experiential. So what do we do? We go in, we find the thing we want, look at it, hold it in our hands, buy it on Amazon because it's 20% cheaper and it'll be there in two days. Right. Free shipping. And um, I feel like the stores that are so appealing to the ones for my wife and I specifically, and I think to a lot of people are the ones that kind of embrace that mentality of they want to be your third place, like a Starbucks. They want the place that you go hang out and do your meeting to be there. And also they sell coffee. And, um, and it sounds like that might be a big key to your guys' success is like, this is the place for community. And by the way, we have community around this and this is what we do together. But uh, that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it brings a lot of folks. The, the really neat thing about the uh, the Gundam Club in particular is that there's a huge community that does it that doesn't know that other people in the area do it. Hmm. So when we came up with this club, it was a way to introduce these people to each other. And and it's made, it's formed a lot of friendships. It's yeah. made, it's, it's made a lot of people aware that, that their hobby is, is, uh, huge that it's everywhere. Um, and that was really interesting to me to see a lot of these guys come in that had no idea that anybody else even knew what this was. And then all of a sudden these guys are, are, you know, meeting and we run contests and we do, we do all kinds of seminars for building and painting them and they're very involved with it. Yeah. Have you always had like a solid set of hobbies, Josh? I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with my wife that sounds like we need a hobby. Yeah. Like what else are we going to do? We've done the thing so many times where we're just going to, you know, eat dinner, watch some TV, go to bed. Like we need some hobbies. Um, right. Do you, do you have a good set of hobbies that you feel like has always been yeah, steady in your life? The one staple hobby I've always had is I've gotten on a bicycle and mm-hmm. gone out for a ride to explore the, wherever I am, you know, yeah. New York or here in Cary or yeah, just getting out and riding. And that's a way to build community because I meet people on my bicycle. I mean, right. without that, I might not have met Brian or yeah. So definitely. And that's where that. you find like the kindred spirits. And I think that's such a huge thing today. People are looking for a tribe, you know, they're looking oh, for yeah. a place to hang out and identify. And I think, um, well, let's, let me ask you this. Like, what could I, as, as a, as a guy who lives in, in your city, come into your store with a hundred dollars or less that you would recommend for me to buy that you think would change my life. Well, it depends on what you're interested in. I mean, you could I'm a go, nerd. I'm interested in a lot of and, nerdy stuff. You know, the, the, that's <laughs> kind of the, the whole store is sort of nerdy stuff. And yeah. that's, that's what makes it so much fun. Um, if you were looking to do something, let, let's say you, you have, um, you want to do something just for yourself. If you're interested in model building, yeah. that's very easy to get into for much less than a hundred dollars. Um, Let me change the question. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, she is very crafty and she has for years been creating her own vending machines. She'll build vending machines from scratch, cutting up cardboard, gluing it together and doing like coin rejection slots and learning how all that stuff works. And she's fueling her knowledge with YouTube, but she's been building these jokers for years and they get more and more elaborate. Like she built one with a class, uh, like a see-through case one time. And uh, she's always asking me if we can build one out of wood, but I just packed up my workshop. So she loves building stuff. I think she likes putting stuff together. What would you recommend for somebody like that? Try the Gundam models. Yeah. They're I would, pretty I complex. Would, they are, we call, uh, one of the guys just recently joked that they were adult Legos. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't require any gluing to go together. They're very, very well engineered. Uh, lots of small parts. Uh, and when you're done, they're completely posable. They're, they're, everything moves on them. Yeah. Um, 
for somebody that likes to do stuff with their hands, I would probably recommend something like that. Do you guys have anything inside of the Marvel universe? Um, they do. There, there are models that are, um, uh, some of the, the sci-fi and figure type models. They yeah. do like, uh, Iron Man suits and, and, uh, Captain America is one of them. All right. You convinced me I'm taking my daughter and we're going to head over there. Say, yeah. Let yeah. me know when you go. Let's go Monday. They, they also make the, the transformers. Oh, yeah. uh, Bandai does all the, the transformers okay. that just came out with Bumblebee. That's been a pretty popular one, as you can imagine, because the movie just came out. Right. Too. So um, they, uh, you know, if she, if she likes that kind of thing, these models would be great. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It'd be cool yeah. if they had a vending machine transformer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it transforms into a vending machine. Yeah. It's like the worst transformer. <laughs> He's like a little crappy little side guy off to the, like they never really cut to him, but every once in a while they're like, oh, we need to hide. And then he turns into a vending machine. He yeah. loses a part every time he gives away something inside of him. <laughs> He's just slowly dying. <laughs> He's got a terrible character arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually have space in your shop, but you're moving. You're in the, Process of the transition. Right, you're, right. You're increasing your space. So what are you going to do to uh, to uh, welcome and uh, you're going to have tables again? Like well, yes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's part of the move was we needed more table space because the groups, the the groups that meet have gotten so big that they sort of forced the move. Yeah. Um, they they're looking for to, to add more members. More people are becoming interested in joining these groups. So. We needed more space for that. We needed more space for our gaming community as well, which is, is growing. And, uh, um, uh, that, you know, we, the more space we have, the more people we can bring in, which indirectly brings in more sales. So, so one of the big uh, attractions for me to your shop, as it has been for 10 years is the storefront and seeing the RC, the cars, the jets, the world war two stuff, the, the, all that stuff in the window yeah. is just like, that. it's very Norman Rockwell, like yeah. Americana. It's hard not it. to, to want to pop into that when you see that in a storefront somewhere Yeah, or so drag your kids yeah. in if they're not interested. Yeah. You're like, no, we're going in. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. so what are you, yes. uh, you going to have any sort of glass front? Oh yeah. Front? Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. It'll be twice the glass frontage and, uh, uh, we're going to decorate that even more than we, we have now. So it'll, it'll, uh, a lot of the displays that we have in the back of the store will now be visible right oh, through the windows. Those so, displays, yeah. those are cool displays. Yeah. So, so how many yeah. people do you have on staff? Oh, it's just, uh, uh myself, uh, and, uh, uh, a couple of part-timers, gotcha. really about three part-timers. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Small so staff. I, I bet haven't been in business in the area for a long time. Um, well, first, let me ask you this question. What have you found to be beneficial as a business owner? Like, have there been any kind of things that you would recommend right away to somebody? Like, you got to join this group or you need to do these things. What are some of the pro tips from being in business for a long time and carry that you could give people? Well, um, um, being in the, uh, you know, being involved with the the community would be one of the biggest ones. Right. Um, uh, what have you found to be some of the most successful ways you felt like, man, I did it. We were really involved in the community today. What, what does that look like? Um, well, all of the groups that get people into the store, okay. that's, that's always, it's always fun when you are at the front of the store and you look in the back and you see, you've got, you know, a full shop and everybody's enjoying it. They're having fun. They're either, you know, whatever they're doing back there. That's, that's always fun. Yeah. Playing games, meeting, talk, building models. Um, that, that's always a good sense of satisfaction there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you're going to do this, you're going to get into your own, uh, business, be prepared to give up your personal life. It's, uh, um, you, you, you get a lot. There's, there's certainly advantages to being your own boss. Um, but then there's a lot of disadvantages as well. I mean, no privacy, uh, people always asking for your autograph. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's, um, I like uh, that you open this door. Cause I think a lot of people BS about like, like, we talked about it before. Like we kind of curate our lives on social media and only share the best stuff. I find I go to a lot of networking things and you're getting like the curated version. Like, how was your day? Oh, great. Nailed it. Did this, did this. And you're like, yeah. so I've been open now for like eight months doing my own thing. It hasn't been like mostly awesome. It's mm -hmm. been what you would expect to be growing a business. It's been mostly struggle. Sure. It's been mostly sure. pushing a boulder up the hill. Like what's that guy's name? Sisyphus. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like the Herculean kind of struggle to, to build a book of business and get your name out there and, and do a good job supporting your clients so that they will be word of mouth. And it just takes time. Right. And I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. Cause I think a lot of people think 
wrongly. Like, oh, I don't like my job, so I'm just going to do this much better version of a thing, which hasn't been my experience and doesn't seem to match what most honest people that I talk to. I love the definition somebody gave a couple episodes back of an entrepreneur, like the person who is willing to work twice as hard for half the money. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you know, that is very true. You, you, uh, uh, when you work for somebody else, um, you, you get used to getting that paycheck on a regular basis. Now you're working for it and you, you know, you think about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what happens? And you also tend to think about the extended things like, well, what happens if we go into another recession? You all pay very close attention to the economy and what it's doing. So, yeah, which this week hasn't been great for. Hasn't been great. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, you know, in the, the, you know, the situation, the tariff situation, how is that going to impact us? Because honestly, uh, well over half of that store is made in China. It's, mm. it's just where the, a lot of those products are manufactured. So of course you pay very close attention to what's happening with that. Right. Um, uh, you know, we, there's plenty of arguments on both sides, you know, for and against it, but we have to look at it and see, well, how is this going to impact us? And, you know, raising prices, does that mean things aren't going to sell as well? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So over the last 10 years or so, have you noticed, or what are some of the worst recommendations that you've seen small business owners give to each other? Like, oh, you should do this. Don't do that. Um, well, you know, really haven't, I really haven't been exposed to too much of that just because we are sort of unique in, in, in our community. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would say uh, one of, one of the things that, uh, you don't think about so much when you work for somebody else, but impacts you a lot when you have your own businesses, certainly the reviews, they, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks will come in the store because we have, you know, good reviews and we, right. uh, of course, uh, any, any bad review, you, you it, it's my store. So of course I'm going to take that personally. Like what, what did I do wrong? What could be done better? Mm-hmm. Um, was this an honest review? Was it, you know, that right. kind of thing. So, um, I was talking to a business owner the other day cause I do like websites and that kind of stuff for people uh, in my company. And he was half joking, half not joking about like this very thin thread of people that exists. But have you ever just <clears throat> met like a miserable human and everything's not great? Like there are people that leave reviews because that's the way they are. Like they right. don't like anything. And so he was like, if there was just a service where you could just link to all their other reviews so people could see that they've one starred everything and then they can take it with a grain of salt that they hated your store because they hated, you know, Harry Potter. They just hated everything. (laughs) (laughs) They hated like the top rated stuff. They're like, it's the worst. I just can't handle it. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's a, there's a collection of that that exists. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's a small percentage, but. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys handle bad reviews? Obviously you can't please everybody all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, so, and, and you have to take each one on a case by case basis. Like what happened here? Was this, uh, was this somebody that, that didn't feel that they got enough, you know, personal time? Did they not get addressed in the store? Um, um, the way that they thought they should have. Right. Um, uh, sometimes we can get so busy that, that it's hard to greet everybody that comes through, even though we try, right. we, you know, we try to at least say yeah, hi to everybody, but some days you just get wiped out. Right. You just fall short of your standards. That's what happens. I think that's the majority behind every bad review. Like when a company just falls short of their standards because right. people have days, you know, yep, the right. stuff comes up, we get busy. We don't represent ourselves the way we want to. I think most companies know like, this is how I want to treat the customers. And then when you see that review, I think that's why it's so hurtful. Cause they're like, that doesn't represent me at all. Like I didn't want sure. that to happen. I have yeah. all this stuff set up to do it, but you know. And you have to leave your, <clears throat> you know, um, you could have a bad day. I mean, you could wake up in the morning in a bad mood or whatever, but you have to leave that right. when you go through the, when you go through your, your store that has to stay outside because right. somebody coming in, isn't going to understand or sure. really even care that you've had a really bad day. If you're grumpy and angry and whatever, right. they're just going to say, oh, this guy, he was being a jerk to me. So we're going to leave a bad review. So you, you yeah, your customer deserves the best all. regardless of the day you're having. Right, right. So no matter what mood you're in, when they come in, you just smile and see if you can help them out. So we've talked a lot about community. Uh, what is one of the <clears throat> most valuable investments into the community that you think you've made? Well, um, I, I think getting people together 
was, was probably one of the biggest ones, you know, and again, with the groups that help people find like-minded individuals, this is, this is, and not just with the model building, but the gaming groups and even the RC groups, there's people that have uh, wanted to get into flying planes that didn't know where to go, wouldn't know where to start. And we've helped those people find the local flying fields and, and the, uh, the, the people that are flying that can help them be successful and fly the plane that they want to fly. So um, that's, that's probably one of the most successful parts. Yeah, you're helping build community. Yes, yeah, you're, you're giving wings to people's desires. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're we just. I think we just wrote a jingle. Like we just put that with some music. Yeah, right. Hangar eighteen. Hangar eighteen. We know how to fly. <laughs> yeah. Building wings. Yeah, you're the wind beneath my wings. Set yeah. to that song. Yeah, wings of desire. The- we'll work on that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do you find that? Um, what is your, what is your clientele base? Like, do you find that I got a question? This is, this is what I was thinking the whole time. I'm having a hard time wording it. I bet there's a lot of people in the triangle in our community that are looking for a hobby that have no idea that they will love this mm. as a hobby. So how do you help those people understand? Did you just got to come in the store and see if this is something that um, you know, lights up your pleasure centers? Think about <laughs> a, a lot. So we, we have a, 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 a wide dichotomy of people that come through mm-hmm. all ages, um, all backgrounds. Um, you know, just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to see this melting pot of people that come through a lot of the adults come in and they're looking for something that either reminds them of their childhood or something they wanted to do as a child. Um, you know, it, it, you, if you never grow up, you, you'll stay young forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, uh, we, we provide a, a chance for people to come in and relive their childhood. A lot of the adults want their kids to do something that they did, uh, uh build a car kit, build an RC yeah. car, uh, build a model kit, something like that, that, that they did as a, as a child, they want their children to get into that. Um, and then we also have a lot of folks, uh, a lot of adults that come in that are looking to do something with their children as, you know, um, to, as a way to build relationships with their, with their children right. and spend some time with them. So we, we have like the model rocketry that the kids can go out and, and do as a family. That's mm-hmm. always a lot of fun. Oh, model rocketry. I love that. You have a whole like wall dedicated to rockets. Yes. You know, yeah. We, we have a lot of the, the engines, the, uh, the rocket kits, the launch pads and hand launchers and yeah. everything. Yeah. I think that like as humans, we're wired to enjoy building stuff. And when yeah. I think back to like being a kid, you were talking about fun stories, being a kid. Most of the fun stories that come to my mind right away are when we built something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That took time. We invested into it. And we, yeah. we, we built something. It, it builds imagination. It helps yeah. to, it helps to spark creativity when you start building things. You, right. uh, you're, it, it, you know, it, it alters the way you think about the world when you, mm-hmm. when you build a lot of stuff. We tried to build our own rockets, but we didn't have a kit. And so I grew up like close to a reservoir and we had a group of buddies, like neighborhood buddies, right? We'd ride bikes to everybody's house and we rode bikes to this kid's house named Damien. And his dad was a smart guy, like a professor, a teacher, always tinkering with stuff in the garage. And he would, I think he was the one that kind of fed Damien these cool ideas of stuff we could build. So we decided we're going to try to launch a tennis ball across the reservoir. Like this was the goal. The reservoir was about a half mile across. And so with the help of Damien's dad, we purchased some dry ice, some two liters, and we set out in the process of doing some experiments to like, <laughs> if we bury a piece of PVC pipe in the ground and then put some dry ice in a two liter filled with water, screw the cap on and put the tennis ball on top like a little, like that's the fuel and it's going to shoot it like a cannonball. And uh, we spent like days and days just blowing up and then we'd get good at like, what happens when it doesn't explode and you don't want to get next to it? Who's going <laughs> to shoot it with the BB gun, you know, to let the air. dangerous stuff. Like yeah. uh, one kid got pretty hurt, but a chunk of his thumb got blown off. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, good safe stuff that you do when you're your kids. Right, right. But, uh, Man, it's just a fantastic way to spend your time with a group of friends trying to figure something out and do something a little a little crazy, a little oh, yeah. bit different than what other people are doing. And uh yeah, it's good yeah. memories, man. 
Yeah, I'm surprised I've made it through life with all all ten <laughs> all digits. Fingers. Yeah, fingers, toes, both eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, we did, you know, growing up. We when I was the age most of the kids are now, we didn't have console games or anything like that. So mm-hmm. we would go out and blow up pretty much everything. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, like, yeah. that's like a, that's a boy blow thing, right? Yeah, yeah, you gotta blow up stuff. Go out and, you know, we'd, we'd have uh, firecrackers and right. we'd take them apart and take all the black powder and <laughs> and take the parachute out of the rocket and replace it yeah. with black powder. And then when the rocket got up the altitude, it would explode dramatically. And <laughs> Yeah. Now that my kids are getting to the age, like I don't really want them to hear some of this, but we would do the right. dumbest stuff. Yeah. Like we would have firecracker fights, like where you yeah. just get good yeah. at like lighting the black hat and timing it, it and trying to hit somebody with it yeah. so that it would like oh, pop yeah. on their my back or their leg. Or, uh, I had a buddy, we used to shoot each other with the BB gun. Oh yeah, we yeah. did. Oh, from, oh, we like, did while that. We're running. Yeah. Classic way to spend your time. Yeah. yeah. They People say the video games are bad, but I mean, if you yeah, yeah, they yeah, protect well, us we from. Way <laughs> I did way worse. Um, you know, we didn't uh, throw the firecrackers. We would shoot bottle rockets at the end of a wiffle ball bat at each other. Oh, wow. Or run around with oh, yeah. Roman candles. Bottle rocket fights, for sure. Yeah. A very common thing where oh, I grew up. Remove the end of the wiffle ball bat and then stuff it well, in. Well, you didn't have to. No, anyway. the, it's got a, the wiffle ball bat has a little hole in the end. Oh, so right. that hole's big enough to put the stick of we invented yeah. a terrible game i'm sure we're not the only ones that came up with it but we would light the bottle rockets and chuck them in the air so we wouldn't know their trajectory <laughs> right. when they finally kicked on which way they would go it was yeah. i don't know what what a good name for it would be run for your life maybe <laughs> yeah uh, bad idea yeah. <laughs> bottle yeah. rocket roulette <laughs> yeah oh man yeah and, and the Roman candle fights were great. You light a Roman candle and yeah. just chase people mm-hmm. yeah. shooting these things. So where does the name come from? Hangar 18 hobbies. Um, it's uh, uh, when, when I was originally looking to start this store, um, I was, I was going to partner with somebody and the idea was we were going to do an area 51 hobbies, but well, that's uh, edgy right now. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so everybody would try to, uh, and invade the store. Um, and, but I had a website that was hangar 18 hobbies that I was selling, uh, some stuff on. And then since I already had that domain, the, when, when the partnership didn't work, it fell through. I, I just moved on with what I already had. So hangar 18 is a name that has significance, right? Well, yeah. If you're into the ufology kind of stuff, uh, hangar 18 is the, the, uh, it's in Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Supposedly, it's where the UFO is really kept. That Area 51 is is just a you know smoke and mirrors kind of thing. So, if the uh, if the group that's uh, you know trying to organize themselves to 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 go over there, maybe they can verify that for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, group. If you're listening, uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base, Hangar 18. That's where you want to go. Oh, <laughs> oh, they're listening. They're the majority of our audience. The people getting ready to storm Area 51. <laughs> right. We love you guys. <laughs> Good luck. So, um, but yeah, there's uh, there's that, and and then a, a lot of folks ask me if I'm a Megadeth fan because they had a song called Hangar 18. And yes, I am a Megadeth fan. <laughs> I, I do, but that is not actually where the name came from. I would have thought it had something to do with hanging out because that seems like it's a big part of what. <laughs> yeah, I missed that one completely. Different, different kind of hanger. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. All right, so now that we've been talking for a little while here, I'm just a little honest question here for you. On a scale of one to ten, how weird do you think you are? Oh, I'm out, I'm out there. I'm eccentric. <laughs> I'm eccentric. Yeah, I will. Do you think uh, it takes a level of eccentricity to run like a fun kind of store like you do? Yeah, probably. Probably a lot of uh, uh, there. There's got to be a certain level of crazy yeah. there. Yeah, like know, a, like are you like a Willy Wonka kind of crazy? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, there's a dark side to Willy Wonka. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like I'm like gonna trap a, children. And right. Yeah. Really dark side <laughs> to that. I don't know if I'm quite that far yet. <laughs> You still have some room to go. Yeah, exactly. There's there's still plenty of time though. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's no hurry. Yeah. Crazy sort of evolves the longer you stay it. Yeah, so, the more yeah. your yeah. store changes locations too, I hear. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, here's a question for you. Like if you could <clears throat> if you could wave a magic wand and hang your eighteen hobbies when you move into the new place, it could be everything that you're wanting the new place to be in two years from now. What would that look like? <sighs> um 
you know, it, it would be nice to have enough land to do an RC flying field and a track. Um, people of all ages love to do those kind of things. And unfortunately, land values being what they are inside the Beltline, you can't afford to have a mm-hmm. track or a flying field, really. So most of the flying fields in the really decent RC car tracks are a good hour drive from here at at least, uh, at least 30 minutes. I mean, there's, there's one in, in, uh, at Suggs farm, um, the, the Skyhawks RC, that's my, my buddy, Doug Leroy. Um, he, uh, started an RC club out there and, uh, that one's pretty close by, uh, for flying planes. It's about a 20 minute drive from, from carry. But, uh, other than that, the really big fields where you can fly gas planes and real turbine jets and stuff like that, you're going to be driving a good hour to get to them. Mm. Yeah. So it'd be nice to have something closer. Um, um, Some of the cities like Winston-Salem has a city sponsored um, park, uh, which is very successful for them, but not every city wants to uh, uh, be bold and and try that out. They'd rather do something else with it. Is there, um, like at a flying park, are there FCC regulations and like with drones, you can't be within certain five miles of an airport, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, there's the, the, uh, for flying, there's the aeronautical modelers association, the AMA. Um, we recommend everybody that's interested in flying, become a member of the AMA because for one, they're, they're our lobby. They're our voice to the government to keep the hobby alive, but we do have to abide by a lot of rules. We have to uh, make sure that we're not flying too close to an airport. We have to make sure that we're not flying too high or beyond visual sight where we couldn't see the plane anymore, that kind of thing. So right. yeah, there, there are definitely the FAA uh, dictates a lot of rules that mm-hmm. go for, for that hobby. Um, um, the FCC would handle more towards the radio side. The, the transmitters cannot be a certain frequency because that could cause problems. Yeah. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I was working uh, on a field team with a guy and he went out to get some drone footage for some B-roll for a video that we were doing. And a couple of days later, the sheriff department showed up at his house because somebody had got his license plate and they had known that he was flying a drone and they wanted to know what he was doing because we needed B-roll of the courthouse. And so that was like the thing that triggered it to somebody is that's weird. <clears throat> Why is that guy doing that? Yeah. Ultimately, he didn't get in trouble, but there are... And we knew that there are rules that you need to pay attention to. There's an app that like helps you understand where you can and cannot fly right, based right. on, and you're supposed to check that stuff and be aware of that stuff. Cause the first person to screw it up might ruin it for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You should pay attention to the rules if this is your hobby, because you don't want to be able to lose your hobby for overzealous you know, regulation because somebody wasn't following the rules. Right. Right. And it just takes one person to do something really stupid you know, because they at the moment thought, wow, that wouldn't this be neat, but it's not a smart idea. Like flying over an airport and watching the airplanes land. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Just buy a ticket, get on the airplane and point your camera out the window. Like everybody else does. on right, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the, um, the drones now going back to the drones um, because people have done, things like that. They have flown around airports or over airports to watch airplanes come in and land. And so now the drones won't arm themselves within a certain distance of them. Yeah. So that's the drones have gotten a lot smarter um, as far as doing that, but people can still override that. Yeah. I assume you can probably jailbreak it like you can a phone. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just build your own. So, yeah. I was thinking about using my drone to get some supplies to my buddy who's in jail. <laughs> is that okay? Fly yeah, cake definitely not. inside of the cake yeah, is a file. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping a carton of cigarettes in the yard yeah. really frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. They really don't want you to do that at all. No cartons, just no. individual packs. <laughs> right. Just uh, individual cigarettes. Yeah. That's the appropriate. Ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's funny. All right. So if you thought, go with me on this one, um, you could get, you got a DeLorean with a flex capacitor. You could, you could borrow that for a day. You go back and, and you can travel back to the day that 10 years ago when you decided, I'm done being an engineer. I'm opening up a hobby shop. <laughs> and you have the benefit of the foresight of what you've learned over the last 10 years of business. What would you want to tell 10 year ago you? Oh, my. Um, 
I mean, certainly you would use it to fix the mistakes, any, any of the mistakes that were made along the way you would, you'd want to say, okay, you know, don't, don't do these things again. Um, always, always make sure that you pay very close attention to what the person that you're talking to is, is wanting, mm-hmm. you know, listen to what they have to say for sure. Um, what but, about the logic though, that mistakes define us? What if you didn't have any mistakes? Well, and you know, and that's fair too. I mean, uh, those are learning experiences. Learn. If you don't learn from them, then, you know, you deserve what happens. So yeah, that they are certainly learning experiences that you move on from. Well, yeah. Well, who doesn't want to protect yourself from pain? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I think I would probably tell myself maybe take a little bit more vacation time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, the store's mine. It's my baby. So it's, it, I feel, uh, strange away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, my wife would leave me if I, uh, never went, uh, on a vacation with her. So, um, uh, you know, she, she, she needs time too. So, yeah. um, we would, uh, I, I, I would probably say that, you know, take, take a little bit more personal time. Don't be afraid to leave the store in the hands of, of people that are, are there to help you. Right. So you quit the engineering job and there were probably things about that job that felt like a job. There were probably things about that job you loved. Um, was there a honeymoon period when you opened up your business before it started to feel like work again? Oh, no, not really. Actually, this there, there are days that you could do without, yeah. you know, there's, there's always going to be some, some days that you just wish didn't happen. But, um, overall, when I wake up, it's not done. It still doesn't quite feel like work, even though yeah. it really is. It's a lot of hard work, but it just doesn't feel the same. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. What um, do you think that is? Do you think that's because you're passionate about it? Cause I think that's a big deal. Like when it doesn't feel like work, if you want to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a store full of toys. How, how <laughs> bad is my life right now? I walk into a store and look at toys all day. And, you know, if I get a wild itch, I can just open one up and of course I have to pay for that. But, yeah. you know, do I, not inventory. This one's on sale. Right. <laughs> There's so many things to do in there. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so much fun to, to just be around all of that mm-hmm. and, and, learn from the other folks that enjoy it as well. So, um, and I've made a lot of friends, uh, just being there, you know, in, in 10 years, most of the people that I hang out with now are people that I met within that 10 year span of opening the store. That's awesome. So yeah, I met, met a lot of great people. I mean, Josh, Josh is, he's always, we got along from the first day and yeah, yeah, he's just been a great guy. So yeah, Mm, we've we've met a lot of really nice people. It's it's a great, great bunch of guys. So. Yeah. So I like that when you were considering moving your store, you kept it in Cary. So you're pretty close. You live close by to your store. I do. I do. I, I live, I live rather close by, but so you grew um, up here. You opened up a storefront here Yeah. and you just kind of hang out. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's hardcore Cary <laughs> yeah, right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Are you excited yeah. about the Shake Shack that's opening away from the place? Or have uh, you ever had a Shake Shack burger? I have not had a Shake Shack burger, so that will be a new experience for me. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen a lot of changes in Cary since you've been here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, Cary touches Chatham County now. Oh my God, that's huge. That's yeah. It's, um, uh, we, t- we like to annex in our city. We're we, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like this that. is Cary now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it never ceases to surprise me how large Cary is yeah. considering growing up here, yeah. how small that it was. So I haven't grown up here and I've been here for about 10 years now, but occasionally I'll drive and I'll put an address in my phone. Cause you know, nobody has to learn anything now that we got GPS and I'll be like, oh, Carrie, not that far, 28 minutes. And I'm driving for forever. And I'm like, I'm still in Cary. I feel yeah. like I drove through yeah. Morrisville three times and I'm still in Cary. Yeah. So your, your store is very close to the Trader Joe's. And many of us or many listeners may not know that that's the first Trader Joe's in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And yeah. in the back toward the bathroom and the water fountains, they have this memorabilia on the wall, which is very interesting. Yeah. 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 So we claim that we are the first <laughs> Trader Joe's <laughs> the in pioneers. North Carolina. Yeah. Well, man, that's awesome. What can we do to help promote Hangar 18? Um, just 
tell everybody, you know, if they're looking for a hobby, you know, come yeah. and come and visit and we'll gladly help them choose, think- choose their path. Recession's coming. Prepare now for your <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> I think too, man, there are so many people that are looking for hobbies and it's a good thing. Like you should having a hobby, finding a tribe, building community. It's healthy. It's healthy. Yeah. It's a healthy thing. And I don't know why we wait until something bad happens in our life to do that, but it seems to be human nature, lose a job, find ourselves with more free time, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is a very healthy thing. If you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, we talk a lot about business and growing your business here. If you're not doing enough to balance stuff out, a hobby could be the answer. Yeah, I have Absolutely. to say, yeah, it's a big theme in my life right now. Is I just, I'm just beginning to understand how important it is to work margin into my schedule. And margin means taking time to yeah. smell the flowers, right? Right. And a hobby is a thing to do to smell the flowers. And you got to invest in it too. Like our last episode, I wanted to touch on this. Um, David Morgan uh, asked us how we were doing with running because we were mentioning yeah. training for a marathon. Yeah. So I ran three times this week. Like I'm back on the horse. I needed that accountability. And yeah. I brought up then and I thought about it. This is such a good point. Like we didn't sign up for a marathon and give money to a company to train for the thing. Right. So that's like the story of so many things in my life. Like I should do that. And willpower only gets you so far. But yeah. if you commit to something and you have people that you're doing it with, And so I wonder how many people might be listening and they know they need a hobby. They know they need to build in some margin for recreation and for finding community and finding like-minded people that they can share fun with. Yeah. This might be what you need to a do. A good opportunity. Just and head and, on you know, over to Hangar 18. When, when I say it's healthy, it, it is, you know, having a hobby is known to uh, reduce your stress levels, reduce mm-hmm. your blood pressure, bring, you know, it's uh, yeah. um, doing the RC planes, the RC cars get you outside, doing the models gets you focused on something that's yeah. going to take you away from the problems you have in the real world. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. just don't spend the money on your heart pressure medication and just go get into drone racing. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us, Brian. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank that's you. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. I want to encourage anybody in the area to go check out your local hobby shop. If you happen to live in Cary, go check out Hangar 18 Hobbies. New location coming soon to... Uh, 112 Kilmaine. We'll be in the uh, Kilmaine Plaza where the Big Lots is. Uh, we're going to be in the uh, uh, about halfway on the strip next to the Big Lots. There. That's awesome, man. Excited for you. Come see it. Christmas is coming, people. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today?